0: Now, interestingly, uh, we've got some new numbers out from the Angus Reid Institute this week. uh, And a a fascinating look at the uh, political landscape in Alberta. How Albertans are feeling about the new premier, uh, the political landscape ahead of the next election, legislation like the Alberta Sovereignty Act. So yesterday, the Angus Reid Institute released its numbers on the premier's approval ratings right across the country. And it's been interesting to compare and contrast the plights uh, of some of these premiers. Uh, still atop the list, Quebec's premier, Saskatchewan's premier, the two most popular in the country, 57 and to 56% to approval, respectively. Uh, Daniel Smith debuts at uh, 42%, so a bit higher than where Jason Kenney had been at, but some polarized opinion there that we'll talk about. The numbers today, the head-to-head, the UCP and the NDP are neck and neck. but The NDP leading in Edmonton, not surprisingly, but also in Calgary. By an 11 point margin, although the UCP has a pretty considerable advantage outside of the two major centers. So joining us to talk about uh, all of these fascinating numbers is John Rowe, research associate at the Angus Reed Institute, angusreed.org. John, great to have you with us here this morning. Welcome to the program. Yeah, good morning, Rob. Uh, so, obviously, these numbers do kind of weave together in terms of how Albertans are feeling about the premier specifically and these other matters. But just as we look at uh, the premier's approval rating and what we're seeing elsewhere in in the country, so where, where does Danielle Smith seem to rank?
1: Well, uh, yeah, you were as you were saying, she does kind of come into our rankings uh, a little bit higher than Jason Kenney was. Jason Kenney, I think, for was pulling at around 30% for yeah. kind of the end of his tenure there. Uh, Smith comes in with 42% approval uh, from Albertans. Uh, but I think it's worth noting that uh, for Smith, uh, of the disapproval, 44% strongly disapprove. So almost uh, basically as many people uh, strongly disapprove of Smith as approve of her. So it's, it does look like obviously she has the approval of quite a bit of Albertans, but then you kind of look on the other side, and yeah, there's quite, there's quite a few Albertans who also strongly disapprove of her.
0: So it seems as though, yeah, opinion's pretty polarized then on Alberta's new premier.
1: Absolutely. Um it's, you don't quite see that across the, when you look at other kind of premiers that are, usually their disapproval is kind of split between moderately and strongly disapprove. Yeah. Um, and I think it's kind of worth comparing though as well to Rachel Notley's own numbers. If you look across the board, uh, Rachel Notley also has the approval of about two and five Albertans, but as well for her, 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 uh, but disapproval is strongly weighted as well. That oh, really? so two and five also strongly disapprove of her. So we're heading into an election with two leaders that uh, do have approval from a significant segment of the population, but also a, a quite a few. Bit you know Albertans also strongly dislike them.
0: Well, there's there's that further polarization, and I mean, further to some of these numbers here. Um, in Alberta, you know, Alberta used to have more than two competitive parties at times, maybe even three or four. That's not the case anymore. I think certainly what jumps out in this is that there really is no third party support to speak of. This this is a two horse race in Alberta, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and we've kind of seen that kind of slowly you know, like change over the years and it's really gone down. Uh, the Alberta party is the third highest polling party in, in our numbers. Uh, they have about 5% of the vote. Um, at this or this time last year and earlier this year in the spring, uh, people were saying that they would vote wild rose at about 11%. Um, and that's kind of completely gone away with Smith kind of taking over the UCP party. I think in a lot of ways, probably a lot of those voters have kind of gravitated back to the UCP. I think a lot of them had kind of been previous ucp voters that had said okay well we don't like the way things are going under jason kenney and i think particularly when it comes to covid restrictions and those kind of things uh and okay well i'm gonna vote while rose next election and then as smith kind of changed the tone of the party and the election of the party their leadership when uh, those those have kind of come back into the default
0: yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to know for sure. I mean, correlation is not necessarily causation, as, that was, as they say. But you know, at one point, you had the, um, the Wild Rose uh, Independence Party as high as 11%, and it's basically gone, uh, statistically zero. And at the same time, you've seen that UCP support increase, not quite by the same amount, but pretty comparable. So it might be easy to put two and two together there.
1: Yeah, and in, the, in the past, we've also looked at... Uh, where people have previously voted. So, like, okay, you're just going to vote Wild Rose. Who did you vote for in the last election? And a lot of those people had been previous kind of UCP voters. So, in it, it, time around, we don't have that kind of split, but they, uh, yeah, obviously, because there's only 1% of the population now saying they're going to vote Wild Rose, so it's such a small um, sample size of people now saying that. Uh, but, yeah, you can kind of see that the, the lines kind of move in different directions, so it, it kind of it does look like it's correlated in some way.
0: So, as we say, it's a two horse race, and these horses are neck and neck. Uh, the party's very close and popular support, the UCP uh, slightly ahead. But what's interesting to me, and I mean, you know, a lot of expectation that Calgary is going to be a key battleground in the next election, the NDP with maybe even a bit of a, a surprising advantage in the city of Calgary. Yeah,
1: it's uh, you last election, the uh, UCP won a lot of seats in Calgary to help them form government. Uh, and this time around, it looks like the DP have a bit of a there there. 51% of Calgarians say they're going to vote NDP, 40% say they're going to vote UCP. Um, and right now that advantage is actually bigger than the one we see in Edmonton, which is somewhat surprising, I think. Uh, but it does kind of point to where the NDP kind of, I guess, have their best hope at kind of gaining seats. Uh, they have a strong urban support, um, but I guess for the problem for them is whether or not that will make up enough uh, for the deficit that they face outside of Calgary and Edmonton, where the UCP garner about three and five support from Alberta.
0: Now, as so we dig down in, in terms of how Albertans judge, you know, the job the government's doing so far, or how they judge the identified priorities of this government. So, I mentioned Bill One, the Sovereignty Act. It did pass third reading in the Alberta Legislature very early this morning. Let's start with that one. How do people feel about the Sovereignty Act?
1: So we pulled. Uh, we last pulled about the Sovereignty Act in September. So prior to uh, Smith being elected leader, and obviously prior to people seeing what the actual bill looks like at the time. Um, so at that po- point, half of Albertans or fifty four percent of Albertans said uh, they opposed the passing of the so called Alberta Sovereignty Act as Smith had kind of laid out during her leadership campaign. Um, now it's obviously it's kind of changed quite a bit. Uh, though there were some wrinkles that weren't part of the initial leadership campaign, I think, especially that so-called Henry VIII uh, uh, part of it that had since been removed. um, But at the time in September, a, a lot of Albertans were opposed to the act.
0: Now, in terms of some of the other priorities uh, of the government, there's some division over whether the government's on the right path on health care. Albertans, though, do seem to like, for the most part, some of the affordability measures that the, the government has, has announced. So where are they seeing some, some resonance? Where are they still facing some challenges on the policy side?
1: Yeah, so obviously when they're First big announcements that Smith made when she uh, came on TV's for the first time as like a televised address um, was the $2.4 billion cost of living relief that uh, included $600 benefit checks going out to uh, seniors as well as people with kids. Um, And uh, people think that that was a good policy. So 60% of Albertans say that they they thought it was a good benefit to go out and specifically that $600 benefit that went out. uh, 30% said it was a bad policy. Uh, But there was some debate between those people that did support the bill as to whether it was targeted at the right people. 33% said that it was targeted at the right people, whereas 28% of the people that said it was a good policy say that it probably should have been given to everyone. Um, And now when you kind of look at it between party lines, uh, the UCP supporters are way more supportive of this cost of living benefit than NDP supporters were. Uh, 56% of UCP supporters say it was a good policy targeted at the right people. Uh, 26% say it should have been given to everyone, but only 9% call it a bad policy. So some of the early measures that Smith has brought in has kind of resonated pretty well, and especially with people that say they're going to vote UCP in the next election.
0: Very interesting. More on all of these numbers, again, AngusReed.org. John, thanks for making some time for us here this morning. Appreciate it.